Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast, episode number 52, an interview with Karen Halverson. My name is Jesse Ellertson, and I am a life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to improve the experience that they are having in the process. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. I recently had the privilege of interviewing a good friend of mine. Her name is Karen Halverson, and she is a military wife who they are now retired and not in the military anymore after a a 30-year career, which is pretty incredible. And she has newly become a military mom. Her youngest daughter joined recently, and that's been quite an experience for her. And I reached out to her asking her if she'd be willing to be on my podcast because she just has some incredible stories and experiences to share, so much wisdom and knowledge, and she's just one of the greatest people I know and something that she experienced recently a few years ago was actually the loss of her oldest daughter who became sick and passed away very suddenly very unexpectedly and it has been quite a journey for her as she has processed that experience Karen is familiar with life coaching and is a member of Jody Moore's Be Bold program and managing her mind through this experience has made all the difference as she's worked through this incredibly difficult time and I'm so grateful that she was willing to come on my podcast and share her thoughts and her feelings and what she's learned. I hope that you enjoy. Karen, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. I am super excited to be here and honored and I just love the message that you're sharing Wonderful. For, um, military spouses out there. Oh, thanks, Karen. So uh, Karen and I met eight, nine years ago. We both were in Alabama, stationed at Fort Rucker, and we've just been friends over Facebook ever since. And she is here today to just share some of her experiences being in the military. And she is in Jody Moore's Be Bold program, so she knows all about life coaching and just (laughs) sharing with us how all of that has impacted her life. So Karen, would you mind just introducing yourself a little bit, and then we're going to get right into just talking about some of your military experiences. Okay, sounds good. So my name is Karen Halverson, and I grew up in Idaho and Nevada, and I graduated from Utah State University, and my last year of college, I met this guy who said, well, I'm going into the army. And I thought, well, have fun with that. Enjoy. And, And really the only thing I knew about the army was some great uncles that had served in World War II. And maybe in high school, people would say, hey, whatever happened to so and so? And people would say, oh, I think he joined the army. And we'd all go, oh, you know, so that was... That was my, that was it. That's all I knew about. You didn't have a military, like family background, anything. I did not. I mean, the more I learned, there were more people, but they were kind of from that generation that they did their service and then they really didn't talk about it much. Mm -hmm. And so when I got engaged to my husband, it was actually when the first Gulf War broke out. And so there was um, that, what you're marrying someone in the army and, you know, stereotypes and, and a lot of worry because we were dating in 1990, 91. That was when the first Mm -hmm. Gulf War happened. So Mm -hmm. that kind of ages me, but, um, that's when we got married. We love so, your age. <laughs> and we got married during flight school. So women that are married to aviators, that is a crazy time to marry someone. That is, you got married while he was in flight school. While he was in flight wow. school. So we got married and he just flew home for a weekend. We got married. We went back. He went right back to flying and I woke up in Delville, Alabama going, what and where am I? So yeah, <laughs> that was just, <laughs> I jumped into the deep end. 
and probably no honeymoon, right? Flight school is so no, rigorous. Yeah. No honeymoon. I mean, literally he was back out at the flight line at mm-hmm. four o'clock in the morning on Monday and we got married on Saturday. So mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Okay. And then where did you guys go from there? So we were in Alabama where he did uh, his training and his specialized training. And then our first duty station was Germany. Okay. So Germany is we went right amazing. Germany. Yeah. So we were there for three years. So my husband had a career. He was in between ROTC, National Guard, and then active duty 30 years. Oh, wow. And I was with him for 28 of those years. So just his college and National Guard time, but all of active duty, we were married. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My sister was stationed in Germany and loved her time there. She really wishes she wants to go back. <laughs> and we did get to go back. We, we went back for another, yeah, we went back for another tour and that one ended up being seven years and he did two, okay. two deploy, two year long deployments out of Germany. So we oh, wow. spent a total of 10 years in Germany and Amazing. some people bring back a cuckoo clock. We brought back a baby that first time. So that was our <laughs> cuckoo clock or baby, you know, <laughs> we were that you know, when you join the military, oh, we're going to travel and we're going to see things. And we actually really got to, we got to go, you know, to another country and and really experience that as a couple. And I think it really brought us close together because we only, you know, we had each other really to rely on. So. Right. Wow. That's so cool. And so your kids were all young though at that time. I mean, you had, you're just your first in Germany. We only had our first in Germany. And then when we came back and did, we were at Fort Rucker again, mm-hmm. and then we were at Fort Bragg, and then we did an exchange tour with the Marines. And then when we went back to Germany, we went back with three kids. So, wow. yeah. That's so cool. So then what brought you, brought you back to Fort Rucker that second time? So early on, so my husband was a career officer and in aviation. And so we, in aviation, they say, as you know, all roads lead back to Fort Rucker. So any of you follow on training, so you go back, you go back for his time. The the titles have changed now, but it was called the advanced course. Okay. So we went back there. That was about eight months. And then he was a commander at Fort Bragg for his company command. And then what, tell me the thing again about the Marines. You did an exchange. Yeah. So he did an exchange tour as an army pilot with the Marines and flew and studied with them and learned their tactics in the Super Cobra with the Marines. And so he was the army officer on staffs just so, you know, forces really do work together and plan together and, you know, that training together. So yeah, that was, we were the only army people on the whole base and it was really different, but it was really, I met a lifelong friend there that was a Marine wife that otherwise we wouldn't have ever met just with, you know, we lived on the military base there. And so what base was that? It was the Marine Corps Air Station in Yuma. Okay. Not so Yuma Proving Grounds is actually the army area, but the MCAS Marine Corps Air Station is actually the Marine station. So it's right very bottom of Arizona, just, you know, five miles from the border of Mexico and then a couple oh, hours cool. from San Diego. Yeah. And so then at that point, is that when you came back to Fort Rucker when we met in 2011? No. So after Arizona, we went back to Germany. That oh, was that's when you went back to Germany for yeah, like the Germany big stretch. for yeah. seven years. And mm. my husband was deployed two times while we were in Germany. So mm. that was that experience of foreign country, husband deployed. He did a year in Iraq and a year in Afghanistan when we were there. So that was, you know, just mm. a different, that was, you know, kind of our deployments and that learning curve of when you, you know, really figure out how to do things. Now he had had shorter, during that time before the wars that were going on that first 10 years in the military during our time in, soldiers weren't deploying. So there were a lot of training exercises and big functions like that where they would go for 
six weeks or eight weeks or things like that. So there were bits of time where he was gone quite a bit if you add them up. And then right. we, you know, we got into OIF and, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan and all those deployments. So Yeah. So for those of us who haven't been in as long as you, there was big stretches where no one was deploying. I mean, that makes sense, right? No. We, we've yeah. only known, those of us who've been in, like we've been in since 2007 and we've just, so we've only known wartime. At right. Right. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So it was still, they would leave, there were training exercises. Um, when we were in Germany, they would go train in Poland. They would go just like they have the National Training Center in California where people go to train and practice. There was also a training center and well, there still is in Germany as well. And so that was one of the places we were stationed. So units would come from the U.S. and train there and kind of do the pretend. They had people who played the enemy and practice Mm -hmm. force and things like that. So those were the kind of the things that they did. So it was just a different and then they just have big war game exercises where Uh everybody came and practiced and did the what if. And then, you know, after that, it was training for, you know, going going to the real places. So So, what year was his first deployment? 2003. Yes, we were stationed in southern Germany. And he met up with a unit that was already down there. And then I actually moved with my three kids by myself to our new duty station in Germany. Yeah. So I moved my kids and we went to a new base. So we lived almost a year where we only knew half of, like I knew the spouse and he knew the other person, but no one, no one knew us together. It was really strange moving into a, a house without him and you know, just kind of putting his stuff in the closet. And he was like, I have a house that I've never been to. And yeah, so that was an adventure. So what is that like when they ask you, I mean, is that pretty common for them to ask you to move while your husband's deployed? Or did you kind of have an option and you chose to go that soon? It was, so for me, it was more of an option of setting my kids up. You know, he's going to come back. That's our new mm-hmm. duty station. And also where I was, no one was deployed. And so it was, really was nice being able to move where that support system was, where the news was, where the things were coming back. And you have to realize this was really pre-video conference like this. We yes. could text a little bit. Um, I maybe FaceTime. Yeah, I maybe talked to him on the phone like three times when he was in Iraq. In a year? In a year. It was really different. And even something like this, we would maybe type to each other, kind of messenger, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't face to face or hearing each other or things like that. So it was really different. Yeah. And things over there weren't very set up, right? Because it was all so new. It was all so new. Yeah. And when they went down, I think they thought it was going to be like the original goal for where it was go in, get out, you know? And so we mm-hmm. all kind of thought they were going to come back and we all had that, oh, you know, they'll be back. And then all of a sudden it was, no, we're not, we're going to be here a year. Wow. That's the kind of thing you have to adjust. So we going into it, we didn't know they would be gone that long for the first, wow. that first time. Yeah. So. But the second time you did have that expectation. Yeah. 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 Expectations I feel are incredibly important. And sometimes we get the information we need and sometimes we don't. And that can be so challenging. Right. So do you have any experiences, I guess, just from either of these first ones that you guys went through that stick out to you in particular? Yeah, I think there's that whole initial military spouse where you kind of get in that survival mode a little bit. And you have your expectation of when you say goodbye and maybe when they're going to come back and, you know, just, I think I figured out early on of just setting those small gates that I would make it to for the next, for the next thing, like we're going to go do this or just make it till Christmas or just make it till Thanksgiving and kind of learned when, so we, you know, we were starting to make welcome home banners at about six months in. And getting ready for them to come home in a couple of weeks. And then we got the word that they're not coming back. And so you kind of hit that wall of, 
Oh yeah. It's hard, you know, and looking back, I think what I know now, where were life coaches when I was a young (laughs) Where were they? Where were they? (laughs) You know, there were some things I, I look back and I think, oh, I did. I did do that. I was able to think through that. And then other times I think, gosh, I wish I would have known that, but just allowing yourself to kind of feel down for a few weeks and just feeling like, wow, this is really disappointing. And then just going, you know what? I have kids and they don't need to have their lives shut down just because this is going on. So after that, you know, I know I, my kids camping by themselves, you know, by myself in Germany and things like that, you know, so we had to just keep going. But I think our friend network was really important and something really hard during that deployment. I I feel really strongly about it's super important to find your people and build those relationships. And that first year when we were downrange, you know, when your husband's deployed, you really, you think of every scenario of what could happen. You know, we all fear that knock on the door. We all worry about worst case scenario and, but thinking positive and things like that. And during that first deployment, we actually, my neighbor passed away. So it was us on the home front. We lost our person while her husband was downrange. And, um, that was just something you don't prepare for. You know, you think of all the other things of something happening down there, but when it's your people back there, it it was, it really switched it up on us on how we reacted and what we did. And, Wow. That would be just so challenging. Yeah. So I think something I learned from that though, is we just really, after the fact, everybody came to my house and we just kind of gathered and people just had to talk and be heard and just kind of process because, you know, those things do happen. And I'm, you know, there's so many, you know, people ask me if I would change deployments or change that. And I really wouldn't because of how, how I grew, how my husband grew, how we, we grew together. And I think there was just that we decided early on that we were going to be strong. We were going to stay connected. We were, you know, just thought of it. When you think of yourself like, Hey, we're going to be different. We're going to, we're going to beat this. We're going to be those people. If you have that mindset, it really helps Absolutely. De- deciding how it's going to be and how you're going to be and how you're going to react. Was every day perfect? Was I perfectly happy all the time? Did I miss him? You know, of course, but overall, you know, just making, you know, doing that mindset of, you know what, we're going to be okay. And we're going to talk and we're going to beat the odds of staying together and staying strong, even when we were apart. So that's so good. My husband and I had that moment too, near the beginning of his career, where we had people just really coming at us with, it's so hard on marriages to be in the military. Mm -hmm. It's so hard on, you know, all of these things. And we just decided at at the beginning, we just decided every hard thing we go through will either bring us closer or push us apart. And it's just going to be up to us to, to select our focus to, you know, if you focus on how are we growing through this, how are we staying close? How are we, instead of saying, how is this hard? How is this making me feel distant from him? How is this right. making us be different people and growing apart and all that? We just put our focus on how will this bring us together? And I think it's right. made all the difference. Really. It's amazing. It really does. I mean, that's, that comes into that. This is what I'm going to choose to think. This is what I'm going to choose to believe. And, and, you know, that just really thinking about it, you know, life coaching it now, when I look back and say, Oh, I, you know, I chose that thought. And that really, that thought really benefited me. It benefited our relationship. It benefited our marriage. And so, you know, those are the things where you say choosing that thought and saying, you know, we're going to make it and we're going to, we're going to be different. You know, it's, it's important. And operate from that thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, and it's such a benefit to your kids as well. You know, I'm not saying they didn't eat a lot of chicken nuggets and a lot of <laughs> mac and cheese and cereal and for dinner. Like cereal for 
dinner. You have to learn how to cook again when your spouse comes home, but yeah. that's okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I love that you bring that up. I love how you brought up when your neighbor passed away, how um, people came together and just needed to be heard and needed to say what they were feeling and, and feel it all the way through. Because I think there's a little bit of a confusion with life coaching and mind management that the goal is to just live your life positively from here on out once you start managing your mind. But it's so different than that. It's feeling the negative all the way, feeling the positive all the way, opening up your arms to the full spectrum of experience, not just, you know, looking at everything positively. It's just about being intentional right. and mindful. And I love that part of it. Right. So I'm glad you brought that up. And I, another point I wanted to ask you about was, I think one thing that military wives tend to struggle with when we're feeling discouraged, when we're having bad days, when we're not handling certain parts well, because particularly I can only imagine when you thought he'd be coming home and then you had to push that out and push that out. You know, you're getting so discouraged, but we tend to tell ourselves this little story of everyone, like no one else is getting discouraged. So we like hide our discouragement. We hide our our pain because we're thinking everyone else is handling this beautifully and I'm over here not handling it. You know, did you ever have experience with that where you were kind of like walk, talking with other people and realizing that, oh man, everyone's struggling. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so refreshing and you hear that you're not alone mm. in things. You know, when my husband came back from Iraq that first time, it was interesting because we had a sister unit also stationed there in Germany and they were going to be the next unit to rotate in like about 10 months later. And so I remember our husbands were back and we kind of did our vacations and R&R and things were getting back to normal. And then those women were starting to kind of spin up with, you know, it was a really small post in Germany. And so they were really starting to spin up of like deployment and, you know, the stress of it. And I just kept going, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you know, glad it's not me, you know, I'm on the other side. Yeah. I'm on the other side. And then guess what? They said, Oh, we need another person to go with us. And they took my husband to that unit. And so within 10 months, he turned around and went back for another year. And I will be honest, I was not okay for a little while. And I try to be strong. You know, you get that, you know, you're always told they're downrange. You don't want to worry them. You don't want them to have to worry about you. They need to focus on their job. And that's super important. It really is. But there was, you get the rug pulled out from under you and you kind of just go, I, I, it's too fresh. It's that, you know, if someone told you you were having a baby right after you had a baby, you know, it's that fresh, you know? And so I really had to fill it and regroup and, you know, it was hard facing that again, you know, and, and it's that thing. I think if you've had a spouse deploy, once the clock starts, you start dealing with it better. Yeah. But the kind of build up with it and thinking that you're the one in the clear and then they end up going, that's that's hard, you I know. I cannot imagine that. And you said those years to me. You said two thousand three, two thousand five, but I hadn't Yeah. I hadn't it was added that up like what? Yeah. That yeah. Is- so just for clarity, I lived at that post in Germany for three years and my husband lived there for ten months in that house. That's he doesn't even he doesn't even remember that house. Even connect like to he, it. And my kids have so many memories and friendships there and these all these things that we did and I'll say, oh, you know, this, this, this. And it either it was coming home from a deployment and then getting ready for a deployment. And it was just a, a crazy time. So yeah. The back much, to back. How much warning did you have? Probably about I don't know, maybe three months, four months. Yeah. So, but we were just kind of, you know, after deployment, there's such an adjustment period. No, actually, I just got the signal. It was actually two months. (laughs) So yeah. So we had, we had two months warning and just switching, you know, that mindset and, you know, it takes a while to adjust to everybody living together again after a deployment, even, even in the best of relationships. It does. 
Absolutely. It's an adjustment for everybody, them, he, him coming out of a war zone, kids not having a dad, only having me telling them what to do, you know, that big adjustment. And then we kind of were just getting to that sweet spot again and having him leave again was, you know, it was tough. Mm. And to flip that on your kids too, that they were like, oh, right. dad's home for a while now, you know, that sense yeah. of stability <laughs> and security. Wow. Yeah. I think that's when my kids got their cynical, <laughs> their little cynic. Um, we kind of deal with things with humor in our family and they're like, oh, well, your dad's, you know, yeah. your dad's home. One thing that uh, I talk to my kids about because so we're in the National Guard, so we don't have much military around us, and their their friends don't get it. I mean, everyone's supportive and loving, but you know, none of their friends have to do what we have to do. Right. And we just talk about how these, we talk, you know, talk, back to what we were talking about before, how these types of really challenging experiences turn us into incredible people. Right? They they grow us faster. Some, you know. If we if we stay just regular and easy and easy street, we we don't do a lot of growing and that's okay. But when we go through these really challenging experiences, we mature. And I talk to my kids about like you are more mature than some of your friends because they haven't had to worry about almost anything. They haven't had to think about this and and you know manage their own minds. You know, I mean, my kids aren't really you know they're kids and that's great. But I think it's it's so interesting to see that effect on the, on the kids, how they mature more quickly based on what they've had to adjust to and, and work with. It's really, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And how they kind of compartmentalize or how they kind of do their own thing, you know, even after a while, I mean, I remember last, his last deployment where it was, you know, we could FaceTime and we could do things like, Oh, do you want to talk to dad? No, there's that like, they kind of just adjust and it's kind of hard for them keeping up with the FaceTime and the video and all of that, you know, they just would rather have them there and not kind of there, I guess, which we've all been experiencing lately with the kind of there, the virtual <laughs> world that we're living in. But you know, that, that second deployment that he left on, I, I really fought it. But then once, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of face the fact that it was happening and surrendered to it. That was that deployment where I feel like we both, we've both talked about that we grew so much. I mm. got back into working again and just had really strong friend relationships. And, you know, I just, I, again, I wouldn't change that time, but wow. it's that processing it and then, you know, accepting it and then really growing during that time. So yeah. Like, what am I going to make of this? Exactly. That's, that's the experience I had between our first and second. The first one, it was like, okay, this is happening to us. How will we get through it? And the second one, I was like, I don't want to do that again. I, I mean, not that that's, right. it wasn't bad. I just realized that we, we kind of held still while he was gone. And, and, the, and that's, right. sometimes you have to do that. But this, this one we just did in 2018, I was like, I want to make something of this year. It's a year. It's so long to just hold still. Right. And in my first one, all my kids were little and I, and I broke my leg and some other things. So like, I really And don't... I remember that. And I felt so bad. <laughs> it's been two weeks. I really don't, I don't look at the first one with like, oh, I wasted a year. I just knew right. I wanted more from the second time. Right. And so I got a nanny and I started a business and I just did all these things. And it's, it's not to say that that makes it a better experience. It was just the experience I wanted. And so I talked to my clients about what do you want to create from a year? Because it's all amazing. If you want to just focus on your kids, if you want to just focus on your, like your relationship with yourself, you just pick that focus and you go for it rather than let's just see what happens to us over a year. And I think that's, that's really valuable. I love to, I love to hear that you said, you know, like I got back into working. I got, you know, you, you figured out like, right. What, who do I want to be? Well, he's gone again a year right. later, 10 months later. Wow. Right. And I will tell you his last deployment in the military, I feel like we finally figured it out even a little bit more. Now, during that time, I had a daughter in college and two teenagers and I thought, oh my gosh, you're leaving me with teenagers in college. And it was just, 
it was that time of angst for my kids and he left my son's senior year. And, you know, I think that's probably when you knew me and it was, and he had just finished a battalion command and there was so much that went on with that, um, that I can talk about a little bit, but that last appointment, I feel like we, it was the best one we did as far as planning. We knew he was coming home for R and R. So we said, okay, we're going to run for halfway. We're going to run a half marathon. And so we trained and you know, we, he trained over there. I trained at home. I, and I, I got a new job and we just, it was just this year of really, we, we improved our health. We worked on that together. And I remember we were listening, we both like audiobooks, And so we'd both listen to the same book and then we would like talk about it. And so that was really just those things that would give us connections. Cause you know, sometimes even when they're deployed and now when you could talk on the phone or talk through messenger and stuff, you're like, well, you know, same as yesterday or the same as the mm-hmm. day before. And so things like that, when we were reading the same things or listening to the same things or training for the same things, it gave us more to talk about. And it, the bond during that year was really good. So we came home for R and R Christmas and we ran that half marathon together and we just had these goals together. So not that we wanted to do more deployments, but I feel like we got better at it and maximized that time. And that was that made a huge difference because we had those gates that we got to. And my kids were older and maybe I had more freedom in that. You know, I didn't have the little yeah. kids at home and, and things like that. And it was a different situation. And, but I did, you know, I was working full time and my kids were in sports activities and things like that. There was so very was busy, very busy, but yeah. you know what? Yeah. Busy felt good. Felt yeah. good while he was away. Well, yeah. when you have goals, no matter what age your kids are, you make time for them, right? Right. And I love, I love what all of that you just mentioned because it's so intentionally focusing on rather than it's, it's, inten- it's a focusing on like problems that can be solved instead of problems that can't be solved. I feel like that's another trap we get into a little bit. There is so right. much that's out of our control and we can focus on that. But if we focus on like, how can we stay connected rather than how, you know, that kind of thing is so valuable. I love those examples. Training for a half marathon together. That's awesome. My husband ran a half marathon during his first deployment, but it was my broken leg deployment. So it wasn't, wasn't an option for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. And if you know me, I'm not a runner. I mean, I really wanted to call my eighth grade PE coach and go, I just ran a half marathon because yeah. <laughs> that was a big stretch for me. And so it was so, it felt so good. And you know, of course we didn't, we actually didn't run it together because he's faster than me. And one of my daughters ran with him as well. And so we, you know, they beat me of course, but then just to run in his arms at the finish line, you know, it sounds cliche, but it was just such an accomplishment and we did it together and we planned for it together. Now, that being said, we did not do the full marathon when he got home, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. That's half marathon at R&R, full marathon at the end. No. Yeah. yeah, No, that's, that's just too much for me, but yeah, it, it just, it felt really good to complete that goal. And it just really connected us as a couple to have that together. And, you know, that's so cool. Yeah. Was there a deployment in between the second Germany one and the Alabama one? So he's done three full tours with deployments and then, you know, with just other training he's done, um, Earlier in his career, he was on a ship for a few months, you know, just Mm -hmm. lots of different things. So probably in our marriage, probably been gone a total of six years, but the full bona fide deployments were three. And in between that, which were probably our deployment type years, even though he was home was when he did his battalion command at Fort Rucker. So he full circle went back and commanded the battalion that he was a student in. In oh my school. That's so so that was a really neat experience and just how many a, how many years from when he was the student to when he was the battalion commander? So 
90. He was a commander. He became the commander in 2009. So, and he was in flight school. He finished flight school in 91. Like 18, so, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So to go back and, and do that. And so that's a two year, if, if people are newer to the military, that's a two year commitment. And that's really that command team where you really get to work together. And yeah. that was a really exciting time for us. Just that taking care of people kind of that, that we had learned, you know, along the way, something I would just tell military spouses when you go in, if you kind of look to those people that you think, gosh, I, I really like how that person does things and let them be a mentor to you. And you just kind of, I don't know, I'm one of those people that watches people and I kind of watch, well, that's not what to do. And that's, and that's how I want to be. And that's how I want to treat people. And if we're ever in that position, that's who we want to be. And so to be able to come full circle and do that and take care of people and have those relationships was, was an amazing experience. Oh, that's so cool. And I know you mentioned earlier before we were recording that you mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast interview as well, that you came in almost knowing nothing, right? Right. A brand new military spouse. Most of us know very little. Some of us have some exposure with our dad was in or something, but we tend to look at the women who are more seasoned and just are kind of intimidated or kind of struggle with that. But to do just what you said to say, I want to learn from these women. I know that at some point in the near future, I'll be more seasoned. I'll know these things. That's, that's so valuable. So what was that experience like for you being brand new and feeling like you knew nothing? <laughs> so funny story. Here's my brand new experience to the military. So my husband and I were newlyweds. He went right back to flight school and you can relate to this. So we were married for three weeks and I broke both my arms oh. <laughs> as a new spouse. So I was taken in an ambulance to the military hospital. Ma'am, where's your ID card? Oh my! No God. one knew how to get a hold of my husband. What's a first sergeant? So, I mean, I really was, I'm talking deep and <laughs> thrown oh in, goodness. you know. And How did that um, happen? <laughs> if, is, is it, it a- just No, I was, no, I was on a bicycle and just went over the handlebars, um, Delville, Alabama, and they called the ambulance crew because they thought I was hit by a car, but I wasn't, but I ended up, I had two broken arms and they took me to the military hospital and people kept saying, you need your military ID card. And I said, I don't have it with me. I never didn't not have it with me again. I didn't know that was a thing that you had to live by as every three week military (laughs) spouse. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, and that was the time like pre-cell phones. So mm-hmm. when flight students went out to the flight line, I mean, they went out early in the morning, came back at night. So they just called a first sergeant at the unit that supports the flight school students and had him drive me home. And so I was just sitting at home in two casts when my husband came back from the flight line, oh looking at this life, you know, and I mean, he still, there wasn't any, you know, kind of those days you, you don't call in sick or call in with a sick wife. You just, no. you go back out. So, you know, that's kind of, when I had to learn the humble of, you know, relying on people and family support and military support and church support. And learning <laughs> just, like you said, thrown in the deep end, learning it all so fast. <laughs> you were really playing right. at that point. Wow. Right. And, and you know what, it's, that's so tricky because not only are you brand new in the military, but you're brand new married and here yeah. you are <laughs> like, I can't go to the bathroom. I can't shower. Exactly. Like, I can Everything. just only imagine that. That is so humbling. And <laughs> That's when I knew he was a keeper because, you know, he helped me do my hair and my makeup and get dressed. Good man. So it was, it was humbling, but you know, again, I think just kind of added to our marital strength. You just grow faster through those things, right? 
How long did you have to be in cast? One cast got off pretty quick because it was the break was in my elbow, so I had to start moving the joint. But yeah, it was pretty. (laughs) Just those things where you just realize, you know, you're going to need people. That's what I learned really early on with the military. You need to find your people, and you need people because the unexpected it, it happens wherever and when you have when you have support and when and that's why you work so hard to support other people and to do things for them not because you think there's going to be paybacks but at the end of the day there ends up you know you just don't know what's going to happen and people are important and taking care of people is important that's so good i have an episode talking about asking for help and like why it's hard to ask for help but why it's so crucial to have that ability to ask for help. There's times when you have no choices, like when my leg is broken, when your arms are broken and you just have to let people help you because that's it. There's only, you won't get by without it. But then there's so many times where you're getting by, but just barely. And if you just had a little bit of help and a little bit of support, it would buoy you up so much and that people are ready to help. And then you're in that position to help later when you're feeling good and strong. You know, it's this give and take that's so valuable. It really is. I remember going to your house. I wanted to mention this. I'm pretty sure it was your house in Alabama and that you had this cute sign of everywhere you'd lived. You have one of those where, yes, yeah. Yes, and yes, was, you had like 10 on them. We were, we were still pretty new at that point. It only been in a few years and we we're in the national guard. So we don't move around a lot, but I just remember really, you were one of my people. I watched one of my mentors. <laughs> I really looked up to you. Cause I was like, she is so seasoned. She's so poised. She's so beautiful. So experienced. Look at all these uh, places she's lived. <laughs> I'll just gush about you for just a second. Cause you're just oh, so awesome. Well, it was, it was, likewise meeting you. I still remember going to your kitchen and you doing a little cooking demo for us. Oh, and did I was you come super, for that? Yeah, I okay. was there like when you were doing smoothies and stuff like that. And was it so, like the veggie purees that yes, I was? Yeah, yes. that was fun. That was fun. So, that was really fun. For my listeners, Karen and I are members of the same church. And so that was another area where we got closer and we would do different activities and things outside of church. That was so fun. So that's really great. Yeah. So, so battalion command. Did you have anything more you wanted to say about that? You know, it was that kind of where I was leading up with just people and, you know, when there's, when there's people you can serve or take care of people, that's, I think that's just huge in the military. I think yeah. friendships and relationships are just so important. And my husband and I were in a position where we were in the leadership role where we, you know, instead of being the people that maybe had other leadership kind of watching out for us, we were those people that were watching out for others. And so early on, we kind of worked really hard to build a team to kind of really get to know people, know who they are, know who their kids were, worked really hard, you know, like to have Christmas parties and to to get people together because just somewhere at our core and different things we'd experienced, we just knew that people mattered and relationships mattered. And it was really important. And we had some really hard things when my husband was in command. We lost a few of his soldiers in some accidents. And it was the kind of accidents that you would expect downrange, not in, in, you know, in, in a training setting, which it happens. And, you know, that's, I don't know, not to be doom and gloom on the podcast. It was just, you know, hard things happen. And that's when you know that relationships and people matter because when you have built that trust with people, people get into action and they serve people and they take care of people and they really step up. And that's because it just kind of comes full circle back to you. And so if you put that effort into people and have that mindset of, you know, 
we're not doing this because we want you to think we're great. We're doing this because relationships matter. People matter. And you just never know what's going to happen in life. And so that was just something that was really important to us. And, you know, after those relationships were built or when we had those hardships and that was, it really made a difference with being able to work with people and help people and really step up as, as a, as an army family to take care of our own. And so beautiful people knew you were there because you cared, not because you had to be, not because um, that's so challenging and and such a hard and beautiful experience. And I think sometimes, and that's okay because people are entitled to how they feel and what they need to do. There's a lot of military wives that say, you know, my husband's not or I'm not in the army. My husband is, you know, the army doesn't owe me. I don't want to be part of it. But for me, FRG and family support and leadership roles like that, those kind of team building things, it really only helped my husband and I's relationship. And, you know, I, I have my own job and career as well. I did stay home with my kids when they were younger, but for me, it was, it was just a chance for me to get to be my husband and I to work together, to be together and, you know, to bring that, bring our lives together, even with the army. And so that really made a difference for us making it part of our lives and, and being part of it with other people. But, you know, everybody has their own comfort level. But for me, there was just great satisfaction in being part of that world and knowing what was going on and connecting with people that way, because then your experience, I think it's, it's a huge benefit. I totally agree. And I found that the more involved I get, even when I'm not in the mood to get involved or whatever, the faster I feel connected to the people around me, the faster I learn a ton more about what's going on. It's a little bit like getting involved at your kid's school. When you're not yeah. involved in school, you kind of don't know what's going on half the time. But when you're in the office and the office ladies know you, it's like you feel so connected to the experience, those parallel universes there. But I have found, yeah, when I'm involved in the FRG and all those things that I just people know me, I know them, I know what's going on. I'm more aware of just what, what is going on. And it feels way more connecting. I I totally agree with that experience that you've had as well. Right. Okay. So then what brought you from there to where you are today? Just to kind of finish up that timeline. So we finished at Fort Rucker. My husband did another deployment in Afghanistan. That was our last one with the teenagers. And And what year was that? That was in 2014 was when we left Fort Rucker and we moved to Washington state. And that was a big time of change for our family. Our oldest daughter, after we moved to Washington state, our oldest daughter got married, our oldest daughter, Ashley. And then our son went on a two-year mission for our church to Guatemala. And then our youngest daughter started high school. So Mm -hmm. it was just a big change. So that first year when we moved out there, I thought, you know, I'm have a daughter that's getting married. We're moving into a new house. We built a house. We did, you know, we kind of thought, you know, this is going to be our, we'll retire here. This is going to be our last, our last place. You know, we were just kind of winding down with the military career. And so, yeah, we were out in Washington state and I started working. I'm a teacher um, and then a teacher librarian. So that's what I do. I don't know if I mentioned that, but my husband was working there And so Washington state, we were there for four years. And the last year we were there, we were, my husband was getting ready to um, retire. And um, our oldest daughter had moved to Atlanta in May of 2017. And she'd been out there a few months and she got really sick and went into the hospital and we flew to be by her side. She went into a coma and was really sick for about 30 days and she passed away. And so that was so unexpected. So everything we'd ever been through in our life anymore now, when I used to say, oh, this was hard or that was hard or this is hard. 
you know, everybody's perspective is relative, but now, now I knew what hard was and, and I know you've been through your own hard, but that, that was hard losing our daughter. And I think one of the reasons I think that I'm here talking to you and laughing and talking about things is because of taking all the things, you know, like I said, watching people who had been through hard things and how they reacted and how they conducted themselves and how what they went on to do was something that I had taken into my heart and into my mind. And I think just the experiences that I had maybe prepared me for being able to still keep going, you know, do you get over it? No. Do you keep, do you keep going? Yes. So, um, but yeah, that was a huge loss. That was a huge loss for our family. And it was just that we'd always pictured the big retirement party and the, you know, military and our family being there and just, you know, kind of crushed what that, what that view was. And that's kind of when my daughter Ashley passed away, people told me and my daughter, just because of, it was pretty traumatic that we probably really should seek counseling. And I was one of those people that had, you know, just not anti-counseling, but you know, Oh, I'll just work it out or, you know, deal with it. um, just be tough. And so that's kind of when we started doing counseling just for a little bit, just to kind of talk through things. And then someone mentioned to me, Jody Moore's podcast. And -hmm. so that's really the first thing I'd ever heard about life coaching. And so I've heard her say, I've heard different people say, I'm sure you've said it, you know, certain situations, you know, counseling initially is probably a good thing, but then being able to choose your thoughts of what what you're going to choose to believe in choosing your thought of how things happen has really made a huge difference for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Therapy is so powerful or counseling, whatever word you want to use, particularly when you're going from this really suffering, broken state to try to just right. get back to a normal state, but then coaching right. while it can help a little bit in that area too, it's so powerful to then move forward. Like you're saying, like to keep, you know, to keep going, like you wanted, like you needed to be able to do, you wanted to be able to do through that unimaginably hard time. Right. And so I guess, so when I was thinking about this though, what I wanted to say, and it's, it was just amazing. And you just, that's what I said. When you, when you take care of people and you invest in people, yeah. when my daughter was in that hospital, I mean, my husband and I were literally like sleeping on chairs, <laughs> eating yeah. out of the vending machines and these military spouses and families that we had, for lack of a better term, collected as our friends yeah. over the years, over 30 years. Yeah. Food showed up at the hospital. People, these military families, like gift boxes showed up. Hey, dinner's in the lobby. Go down and get it. These families in different neighborhoods that we lived in with the military, they, you know, grouped together. Hey, we bought you. There's a tab at this restaurant. This is for your family. And I mean, I can't, you know, something would arrive in the mail and someone would say, remember when you were there and you held my baby or you were there for this and I just want to help you. And there were things that I didn't even remember that I I did that just the full circle of kindness with these amazing military wives and spouses and families that turn around and served our family. It was just, it, that's why I think being a military wife is just so near and dear to my heart because they really, we really do take care of our own. And wow. to witness that was amazing. Some people may not know this, but if a, if a soldier passes away, his unit or someone in their unit, usually they will stand guard and stay with, with, with the body of the deceased until they're, they're turned over, you know, to the mortuary or to the family. Um, they kind of stand, they stand guard. And when my daughter passed away, 
my husband's former soldiers drove up to the hospital and stood guard with our daughter. And so that's, you know, that's that military life that if you invest in that it matters and people matters and that it's part of you, then it, it really does. And hopefully it doesn't have to come full circle in that way of serving people, but it's amazing. And like I said, we had a, a loss when my husband was in his battalion command and we really took care of this family and this spouse that was left behind. And she had ended up moving to Washington state. And when I flew back to get ready for my daughter's funeral, she came over and ironed my husband's uniform for him. And so this full circle of this military family, you can choose to make it amazing. You can choose to invest in people and it really does matter. And so, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I could just, I mean, I could, I could just go on and on with stories, but I think if you choose to invest in this life, it, it will give back to you tenfold. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. That's such, that's, that's everything. That is the takeaway, right? Just relationships are everything and we can make it amazing. And I think even if, like you said, I hope it doesn't have to come full circle like this for most people, but in, in some way or another, it comes full circle, right? It, we yes. all have the highs and lows of life and we're there for each other in each other's lows and in our own highs. You know, it's what a beautiful give and take like we've been talking about. And I'm so glad that you received all of that support at that time that just I can't even imagine. And I, I remember just watching it all happen over Facebook and I was. Well, like, and you just had a brand new baby when, when our daughter passed away. I, I mean, I remember, I remember the message you sent me. I mean, that's the thing. You remember the people that reach out. You remember the people that make a difference. You remember every, you know, every gesture. So she was born. I just know I was in the hospital when Ashley passed away, but she was born September 29th. Is that the day? Yeah. Ashley? And Ash, well, Ashley passed away September 30th, 30th. Okay. 2017. Yep. Yeah. So it's incredible. Just feeling it all. I can't, you guys, I'm sure that you've uh, really suffered as a family, but also come together. I really hope that that's been that result yeah. for you guys to come together as a family as well. Yeah. It's something I, you know, really, I think that's where I'm not perfect at it by any means. And, we'll um, and really I've, honestly, this is like truth. I've never been personally life coached. Like I haven't gone on because really? of the time change and everything like that and yeah. things like that. But just listening to other people's experiences and, and seeing how they react and the, you know, the, the circumstance and what they choose. Um, some of those being able to choose my own thoughts about things. Um, there's still a lot of things I'm working on. And I really, again, where was this? <laughs> totally. But I know for me, I've been able to, to keep going. And I, I know that's, that's huge with life coaching. You know, I still call myself a military spouse. I always will be. That's like part of something that defines me. Call me a military wife all you want. It's something I'm proud of. It's something that's part of me. It's something that I feel deeply for the women that are still doing it. Whenever someone sends their husband off for deployment, I just, you know, I, I, you just know it's one of those things, unless you've been through it, you just know like how hard it is that saying goodbye and things like that. That's one reason why when I found all of this, I found Jody's podcast right before my husband's last deployment. And it really aided in those thoughts that I was trying to create of, I want to make more of this year that he's gone. And every, you know, I'd listened to a bunch of people and all the amazing stuff they had to offer. And I loved it all, but I still just had this little thought of, but they don't know, they don't know what military life is like. It is a whole different bear. Right. Right. And I thought, I know, and so many women out there, we, we can glean all this amazing stuff from these people and, and take it and make our lives amazing. But we, 
our brains for some reason are designed to hear from people that we know get it right like we we hear it so much better when we know that they know you know that they get it and so I thought I can be that for at least some women right I can offer these things up and they'll hear it just a little differently from me than they would from somebody else because they know I've been through it they know I know and so yeah and when I heard that that was the area that you were going into I I think that you know because I've really tossed around you know the life coaching thing that Her current spouse to do that. You know, I'm those, I feel like I'm that older spouse now that I looked at when I came in and I was like, whoa, that's, you know, they've been in a long time. And, you know, <laughs> I'm that, you use the word seasoned, but, you I know, like the word seasoned. Well, <laughs> well seasoned. Yeah. Well, you should totally really- get coached because it's awesome. I know, I need to. I'm in Jody Moore's program as well. She's, I, I consider yeah. her my life coach. And do you find, I wanted to ask you this. Do you find that you're still like you? You said you did some counseling right away, mm-hmm. and then you're you're feel like you're managing what's going on now. Like you're not doing any more therapy or counseling. No, I'm not doing any more therapy. I'm a, I process out loud, <laughs> so yeah. my you yeah. know it's hard because I I talk a lot about things and that's how I process it. And it's hard because at the same time I feel you know my husband shares that loss with me and that's the person who I talk to that most. So it's that balance of like, I don't want to bring up hurt for him, but that's how I kind of process. But we, you know, our relationship works and, and how we think about things, but I've been able to talk about it enough, I think, and process it enough. And after my daughter passed away, we did some really big (laughs) life experiences. So we, I think people thought we were crazy because um, just a few months after she passed away, my husband retired from the military and took a job in the Middle East. So we live in Abu Dhabi. If you don't know where that is, it's near Dubai. How's everything out there? Generally, most people leave here in the summer. Like, oh, yeah. Because it's so hot. I mean, I've been here partially in the summer um, just because Scott doesn't have as much time off. So I've been here, but usually, you know, July or August, you kind of leave because with the heat index, it's like 140. <laughs> Can you even so, be outside in that? That's insane. You, I mean, you, I mean, my husband just got home from golfing, but he's crazy. He likes crazy. golf, but he's, I mean, you kind of, his body you adjusted. Kind of, yeah, you kind of adjust, but then there gets to a point where you're just like, yeah, it's, it's dangerous really almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if uh-huh. Las Vegas and Alabama had a baby, cause it's the humid hot too. Oh so. my goodness. Oh my yeah. goodness. Don't have Las Vegas and Alabama have a baby. <laughs> I know. That's how I describe Abu Dhabi heat. So we oh. overlook the ocean, like part mm. of the Persian Gulf. And yeah, it's really pretty here. It's um, not the Middle East that we picture where our husbands have been. It's, right. it's the part of the Middle East where you actually would want to hang out. But that being said, that had been our plan for a year. And even our daughter, Ashley, knew that that's what we were doing. Like she knew we were moving here. So it wasn't, I think people thought it was lost response. their minds. Like, yeah. They retired and they lost their daughter. So they're moving to the Middle East, but it was, you know, it was our plan. So we, we did everything you're not supposed to do after a big loss. We sold a house. We moved across the country. We moved over here, you know, but then I, you know, it was again, that mindset of like, I'm going to keep making goals. So I said, okay, I'm going to move over there. I'm going to get my master's degree. And then, you know, and now I'm working at an international school. And so not saying it's easy and the grief is there and the loss is there, but being able to feel emotions when I need to feel them, but then also knowing that I can feel happy and, and, yeah. and choose how I feel about things makes a huge difference to, to keep going. Mm. So, and again, that was one of those things. Like I had watched people like, how did they act? What did they do? You know, and not to put on a show, but just like, okay, if they did it, I can did it, you know? So find your mentors, find your people who you look up to and, and, you know, really 
I'm one of those people that if that happened to me, what would I do? And I kind of thought about it. And I think there's power in that. Absolutely. I love that. That's such a good strategy. I love a post you did recently because, and I can relate to this in my own way, having lost my baby, but I love when you talked about that you love when people use her name and ask mm-hmm. you about it and her and how you're feeling like Ashley, you want, you want people to remember her and people are afraid to ask me. And I, I bet you run into this too, cause they don't want to bring up the pain. And I, I help them see, you know, like, I love talking about him and I know ne- I'm never like, you've never like reminded me that he's gone. He, right. I, it's not, not going to come as a shock. <laughs> no. It's not like I was happy because I forgot that, you know, that they had passed away. And so I love when people talk about it. And I love, I love that you're saying that out loud. I feel like when we're doing grief and this journey that it is, that saying those things out loud is really helpful for other people. And then maybe later when they're in their own grief journey, at some point, they might remember that you were willing to say that out loud. Like when we are willing to share what we're feeling and thinking and even in the hardest things, right? It's so beneficial right. for us and for other people. So I've really appreciated the way you've, you've shared through your whole journey. Even, right. you know, As you know, yeah, I, I was pretty public when my daughter got sick. I, I wow. did, I thought it was just gonna, you know, it was that quick Facebook post of, Hey, you know, we could do some prayers and yeah. it turned into nothing we've ever experienced or ever thought, you know, of losing a 23 year old daughter, a young wife, you know, things like that. And, and, you know, I, I wrote to, I wrote letters, as you know, like on Facebook and shared like that. And I, I've shared a lot about her. And for me, that's important, you know, and, and it's hard when people change the subject or, you know, or you comment and, you know, it, you become the thread killer because you're that person who talks about that. And then people think, gosh, she's not getting over it. When is she going to get over it? But you, you're not going to get over it. And that person existed and they mattered and it's okay to talk about them. Yeah, That's how they stay real with you. Yeah. And it can make people uncomfortable sometimes, but it's nice to find those people that you know you can have those conversations with. Like you said, you process out loud, you know, uh, you know, speaking out loud and that's so valuable to have identified that and be able to, to be able to do that. Right. Whether my husband likes it or not. Yes, I know. <laughs> we have the same thing going on in my house where I am an out loud processor and my husband's an internal processor. Same. But you know what? That's what works. Yeah, so, but yeah. And you know, there's that. And then I have two kids that are here that I need to be here for them, you know, and that have, have lost a sister and have been through. But I mm-hmm. will tell you full circle again, I have a 20 year old daughter who is now in the military. So she joined the military and is a combat medic in the reserves. And, you know, gosh, going from military wife to military mom with, wow. with the seasoned experience that I have is, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to see the mom shoes. And now I think, gosh, I should have told my husband's mom a lot more things that were going on. So that's something I would give a tip to military wives. You know, you get so he's home and I just want to be with him. And, you know, when they come back from deployment, I mean, for us, it's kind of like lockdown, like don't bug us. Like yeah. we just want to be family. We don't, we don't want to go out. We just want to like be together. We're so happy to be together. And, you know, I tried to include my mother-in-law and things, but now being the mom and wanting to know things that are going on with the military, I think, gosh, that's a different angle. So include, include those moms. Cause they want to know what's going on with their soldiers. Include those moms. That's a good, that's a great message. Yeah. And if they're asking about their soldiers, cause they're a mom and yeah. you know, it, it matters. it matters seeing that view. And I, you know, it's changed my perspective a lot. 
Yeah, and I love that Taylor joined, and I wonder, uh, you know, as 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 mothers of these military children, we wonder what effect this life is having on them. And like you said, your kids got a little cynical after that first, or cynical was that the word you used <laughs> after that first time right. that that rug got pulled right. out in you know oh four oh five. Uh, and it's so cool to see Taylor's journey to bring her all the way around to I'm getting in on this action. That's so that's so cool. She is an awesome lady. I love that. Yeah. I am really proud of my Taylor and Joshua and, and Ashley, and they all have told me, you know, you really, especially it depends on what your, you know, your military commitment is, but with families that move a lot and that are moving and you think, what am I doing to my kids? You know, when you rip them out of schools and there's always the one kid that like makes their friend for life and you know, they're crying and hugging on the street corner. And I've had my kids, all of them come to me and say, I am so glad we had the life that we had. I'm yeah. so glad that we experienced this. I'm so glad we had the diversity, you know, so <laughs> hang in there yeah. moms that are out there thinking that you're screwing up your kids because, you know, I mean, they're going to be kids and teenagers anywhere, but the life experience, you know, my kids are self-proclaimed brats. They're proud of the title military brat and they, you know, they're proud, they're proud of their dad. They're proud of their country and they're, you know, they, they've loved the experience of it. Yeah. That's so good. And when we grow through these challenging experiences, it can look messy and painful and we can really worry in the midst of it that we're ruining them or, you know, and you know what? I like to tell my clients sometimes we're all ruining our kids a little bit. It's fine. Jody will say that. You've probably heard her say that like just for sure plan on it. Every parent ruins their kid just a little, Yeah, but they've got that opportunity to grow through it. Yeah. It really does give you peace. The whole, you know, when you just really take that into, you know what, they're living the exact life they're supposed to live. And when you accept that, even now, when you get into adult children and you start thinking about life choices and what they're doing, if you can just that, you know what, they're living the exact life they're supposed to live. That's huge. That's huge. Because mom guilt otherwise will eat you up. So that's huge. Yeah. We, none of us need our mom, mom guilt eating us. No. <laughs> so um, if you, do you, if you have anything else you want to share, I'd love to hear. It. I have one more thought and then I think we can wrap it up. Yeah. I would love to hear it. Okay. So a few times you and I have mentioned, you know, I've good days and bad, like I'm still working on this. And this is something that I have to remind myself very regularly and my clients of like, there's no cure for like needing to manage our mind. This is something because I'll think, oh, now I know all this stuff. Now I'll just, I've graduated, right? But there's just, there's no graduation. There's no cure. There's just going to always be up days and down days, times when we're on top of it, times when we're struggling, times when we need to forgive ourselves or have compassion for ourselves, times when we are killing it. You know, it's just, that's going to be the journey of life. And I know you've seen that through your own journey. And especially with, you know, like the grief journey you've been on, there's times when you're just feeling great and times where it hits again. And that's just the journey. That's what that means. It's all happening exactly exactly right. <laughs> I think that's really valuable to remember. That's yeah, that's exactly right. And and knowing that is so powerful. Yeah. That it's okay. Just give you right. permission to experience it the way you're experiencing it. It's yeah. really good. Well, Karen, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. This has been such a pleasure to hear all of your awesome experiences and where you're at <laughs> now. And thank you for sharing Ashley with us. What a beautiful, hard, painful experience. And I just, I love it. I love hearing from you. I love everything that you've shared with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it was so fun to talk to you. And we should just do this again off record. Just for fun. Talk to you. Yes, for sure. That'll be great. Okay. Thank you, Karen. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for making time in your day to listen to this episode. If you are enjoying this podcast, please go to my website, simplyresilient.net to download my free guide to thriving during deployment. 
I also love when you share this podcast with your friends and rate and review it. Remember that when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Have a 50-50 day.